You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. So we are in our second week of Serve Like Jesus uh, series, and and last week I I talked about how Jesus served with action. Uh, He he was a a servant at heart. Uh, He said, I didn't come to be served, uh, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom. And and so Jesus gave it all. He gave it all for for, for the, the sake of humanity for the sake of those that would follow him, even those that wouldn't follow him, he gave it all. And uh, for us as his people, uh, we are called to serve. All of us are called to serve because it, it makes a big difference in people's lives, not only practically, but spiritually. In fact, uh, people's hearts won't be opened a lot of times until you meet their needs. And uh, you've heard this before, uh, people don't care about how much you know until they, they, they know how much you care. And so as we show people that we care, it, it, it breaks down those walls of, uh, of, of spiritual hardness, and it allows for the Holy Spirit to go in there and work and, and, and show them how good Jesus is in their life. Um, so this week, we're, we're moving into uh, part two of the series, and I want to start out by asking a question. Is there anyone in, in our first service uh, that, that is a sports fan? If you're a sports fan, just raise your hand. Say, I, I, I enjoy watching sports. Okay. Uh, also, with a show of hands, how many of you are NBA fans in here? If you like the NBA, you, you like watching uh, the NBA, so good, about half of you. How many of you are football fans, so you like watching the NFL, and right now you're saying, man, a lot of hands, that's why you're here first service, you're saying, Pastor, hurry up, the games are going to start in a little bit, don't be, don't be long today, don't be, don't be long preaching. Uh, how many of you would, would, would declare that baseball is better? So you're a major league baseball fan right in the back. You're saying, you know what, forget football and forget all the hype with basketball. Major league baseball, that's where we're at. Okay, let me, let me tweak it a little bit. Let me change it up a little bit. Forget about sports. How many of you are rock and roll fans? Anyone here, you just love rock and roll? All right, cool. A lot of you. Now... Uh, has anyone ever heard the acronym GOAT? Yes. He's a GOAT. So uh, GOAT is an acronym for the greatest of all times. All right? So, so who, who would you say would be the GOAT in the NBA? Real quick, just know uh, the NBA, in the span of the NBA, just throw some names out real quick. Jordan, I heard Jordan. Magic Johnson, all right? Now we're getting somewhere. Bill Russell. Yeah, Julius Irving, the doc, yeah, he was the most, most highlights, that's for sure, before Michael Jordan came in, no doubt. Now, now who, who would you say is a GOAT in the NFL? Who would you say is a GOAT in the NFL? Tom Brady. I don't think there's a lot of disagreement with that, right? A lot of, maybe Emmett Smith, you know, he was one of the leading rushers in, the, in, in, in yards. Um, Joe Montana, great, great ball player. Um, uh, a uh, lot, of, lot of people that we... Who, who would you say is a GOAT in, uh, in Major League Baseball? Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth. Mickey Mantle. Mickey Mantle, okay. Yeah, so we've, we've got some great, great names. 
Okay, now, now for all of you rock and roll fans, who is the GOAT in rock and roll? Greatest of all times. Did I hear Led Zeppelin in church? Huh? So did I hear Alice Cooper? What, what, am I, what am I hearing here? Elvis. Elvis, okay. Elvis is in the house, okay. The Beatles, maybe, right? All right, I'm going to change gears. Michael Jackson. All right. Um, so, so who would you say, who would you say is the greatest person of all time? Jesus. Jesus. Most people would say that. In fact, there are, there are a lot of famous people that, that their, their opinion of, of Jesus Christ is that he was the, uh, the, the greatest that ever uh, walked the face of the earth. In fact, Napoleon put it like this. This is what Napoleon said. He says, I know men, and I tell you that Jesus Christ is no mere man. He said, between, between him and every other person in the world, there is no possible term of comparison. Then he, then he puts all the great leaders in, in a category. He said, Alexander the Great, uh, Julius Caesar, Charlemagne, and, and I, uh, we have founded empires. But on, on, what, on what did we rest the creation of our genius? He said, upon force. And that kind of helps us with, with what's going on around us in our country and in our world with all the hate. He said, we did it upon force. He said, Jesus Christ founded his empire upon love. And at this very hour, millions of men would die for him. That's what Napoleon said. Okay? Uh, the, great, uh, the great religious leader, uh, Gandhi, uh, said this. He said, a man uh, who was completely innocent offered himself as a sacrifice for the good of others, including his enemies, and he became the ransom of the world. It was, he didn't say a noble act. He didn't say it was a good act. He said it was a perfect act. Now, the only one who's perfect is God. Amen? So here's two, two great men in the history of our, our, our world that, uh, that said that Jesus is the greatest of all times. But, but to me, when we talk about the greatest of all times, it's not as important of the opinion that people have. I think what, what really uh, tells us who's the greatest of all time is what God says about us. Amen? So uh, Peter and John and James, they had gone up to this, uh, uh, up to this mountaintop with, with Jesus, and as they go up there, uh, Jesus gets transfigured and uh, illuminated as he's praying with the, with the, to the Father. And as he's doing that, there's two men that appear to, 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 uh, to them, and they're also shining bright. But Jesus is just this beautiful, bright, illuminated light. And, uh, and the two men that are, that are standing with him are Elijah and Moses, which is very significant. It's very significant because Elijah is a great prophet, okay? So he epitomizes uh, the, the prophet and, and then foretelling that the, the Messiah would be coming. And then Moses is a great lawgiver. Okay, so, so Moses gave the law that, that, that is the perfect law of God. And, uh, and, and the, the, the word tells us that, that the Messiah would come and he would fulfill uh, the law. He didn't come to abolish the law, Jesus said. I came to fulfill it. And so these two great men are there. And, and, and as, as, they're, as they're looking at this, uh, Peter... Peter says, 
uh, I am going to, to, why don't we build this tabernacle, uh, let's, let's, let's uh, make this great construction for, for these great men right here, for these three great men. And, and as Peter is talking, uh, a voice from heaven comes, and I want to read it, uh, what it says in, in Matthew 17, verse 5. It says, Peter was still speaking when, behold, a bright light or a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, this is my beloved son. So it, he's the father talking from heaven, right? If he said, this is my son, my beloved son, it's the father. Uh, with whom I am well pleased. And then he says something that is so important, not only to, to Peter, James, and John, but it's important to everybody. He says, listen to him. So every Sunday, every, every time, every small group that we gather, what we really want to do is not really hear our words, but we want to hear God's word. Because God's word is what matters. And that voice from heaven is, is telling Peter, he's saying, Peter, it's not important what you're saying right now. That you want to you wanna build this house, this tabernacle for these men. That's not what's important. What's important is for you to zip your lip and listen to him. It's my son in whom I am well pleased. And so today... Today, our intention is to listen to Jesus. And Jesus says it's important for us to serve. It's not that Pastor James is, I don't have a ploy out uh, wanting you to work more. I know that most of you work from, from, from morning to night. We live in a society of busyness, and there's nothing wrong with that, because idle hands are the devil's playground. But if you're not serving the purposes of God, then our work is for naught. Jesus said it's important for us to serve. And not only did he say that, in, in God's economy, and this is, this is part two of our, of our uh, series, in God's economy, greatness is found in serving. Did you know that? Greatness is found when we serve others. And Jesus is going to emphasize that as he's talking to his disciples. Now remember, Peter, James, and John, they, they heard the voice of God the Father say to them, this is my son in whom I am well pleased in everything that he does. Listen to him. And so every word that we read that Jesus spoke, it's important that we listen to him. What really matters in life is that we listen to him. So we're going to look at, uh, at, at, again, Matthew's gospel, verse uh, 20, I mean, chapter 20, verses 25 through 28. And uh, I want to pray a blessing over the word and a blessing over our time. Father, uh, in the name of Jesus, we just pray that, uh, that, you will, um, that you will just be with us as we open up your, your word. Um, and Lord, as we hear the voice of Christ through the word, I pray that, uh, that as your, as your uh, messenger, that I can speak in a way that is going to honor you uh, more than anything, Lord God. That's, that's what I want to do. And, and so I pray that you will give me the, the, the confidence and the empowerment to speak in a way that, uh, that is not a, a, a man-pleasing kind of a way, 
but it's a way that it's a God-pleasing uh, kind of a way to speak. And so uh, at the end of the service, I pray that all of us will, will say it's been good to be in God's house and that every heart will be, will be stirred and will be uh, changed into wanting to do what you call us to do and our minds will be clear to be able to have your peace in doing the work that you've called us to do. So we pray this again in Jesus' name and everyone said, Amen. So verse 25 of chapter 20 of Matthew, I'm reading from the NIV, it says, Jesus called them together and he said this. So he called, he called the people together. Let me give you the context, okay? The context here in the start of chapter 20 is, uh, is that um, uh, Peter and, uh, and James, I'm sorry, John and James's mother, so she was a wife of Zebedee, uh, she comes to Jesus, and, and, and the Bible says in the NLT that she very humbly came to Jesus, and she knelt at his, at his feet, and she had a request. And she said, do me a favor. Uh, when you come in your kingdom, I want for my sons to sit on both sides of you. Okay, I want, I want for my boys uh, to sit on both sides of you. And, and, and moms that are in here, uh, don't shake your head. Like, I can't believe she did that, because you do that with the Little League coaches all the time. I want my son to bat clean up, and, and I want my, my daughter to, 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 uh, to, uh, to be first, uh, the, the first uh, hitter, uh, be lead off, because she's faster than anybody else, and she really runs slower than everybody else. I want my son to pitch, and I want my daughter at shortstop. That's just the way I want it, right? So, so they come in, and so the, 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 the disciples hear what's going on after Jesus says, I, I, um, you know, I, I, the father has already He's prepared who's going to sit on my right and my left. And, uh, and so when, they, when the, all the other disciples heard this, they were very indignant is what the word says. They were very upset. Just like some of you guys get upset when, when someone, I'm going to start poking some, <laughs> I'm going to start poking some, uh, some holes, uh, uh, toes, step on toes. Just like whenever you're coaching, you're a dad and you put your, your, your son to pitch and you put him at shortstop, you know. Not that you guys ever done that. That's second service, Right. But the reality is they were very indignant. They were very upset that she would come and make a request like that. So Jesus answers them by saying this. He called them together like a huddle. Think about it, a huddle. He called them together and he said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles, they lord it over them. Okay? And their high officials, they exercise authority over them. Okay, this is how the world does things. Not so with you. Okay, so this is, this, the world does it this way. He says, not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but he came to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So, so what we're, we're, we're going to find out today is how do we find greatness in the eyes of God? How do we find greatness in the eyes of God? By serving like Jesus. Three points that I want to talk about. Serving point number one is that God measures greatness completely different than the world does. Did you know that? God's measurement, his evaluation of greatness is completely opposite of how the world measures Greatness. In the, in the uh, world's economy, we cry out, serve me because I'm great. 
Serve me. Look at what I've done. I deserve to be served because of my talent, because of my greatness, because of my intellect. Uh, it's the completely opposite with God. As, as Jesus called them together. Now, let's just go back to the, to the words at the transfiguration that, that, that the Father said, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. What did Jesus do in his life on earth? He served. He served. Okay? Listen to him. So, so as, as all of this is going on in the context of, of a mom that, that has a, she has her heart right. She wants her two boys whom, whom she loves, and she knew her boys were good, good, good men. He, she wants one, man, one of the boys to be uh, uh, seated at the right hand, which means the power of God, and the left hand, which means the favor of God. He wa- she wanted that for her, for her kids. And, and, and Jesus, you know, he turns around and he says, greatness in this world is by being served or being number one. Greatness in the kingdom is completely opposite. And it really speaks to us as Americans because we measure greatness sometimes in the opposite way than God does. Amen? And I'm speaking about myself. I'm not speaking to you guys. I'm speaking to myself that sometimes we get things wrong. Sometimes we get things skewed, and, and I need the words of Jesus to filter out my, my, my mind and my heart. He said, you know the rulers in this world, they, they, they lord it over the people, and the officials, they flaunt. They flaunt their authority over those who are under them. But among you, it will be different. And Jesus, being God, and this is important for us to realize, Jesus being God in the flesh... He makes us realize that the way that God measures greatness is completely contrary to the way that the world measures greatness. The world makes idols out of people who think that they are great. There's statues made of people that, 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 that people say these people are great. God says, don't make anything an idol. Or, or better yet, don't make anything a God. I was a huge, and I love sports. Let me tell you, I, 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 I ran track in college. I, I, I you know, played football, basketball. I, I did all that. And, and, and when I wasn't walking with God, I went to every game, and I got crazy at every game. And I still can get a little bit, of, little bit crazy when I go watch a good NFL game or go to the U of A or ASU game. And, you know, whichever one's doing the best is who I go for. <laughs> I'm an equal opportunity winner. And especially if they got a good man of God on the team or a woman of God, I just go, go, I go for them. But I'll, I'll never forget, uh, I was a big Dallas Cowboy fan growing up my whole life. Just forgive me for that if you're not a Dallas Cowboy fan. Um, and, and so um, I used to, when, when the, when the uh, Cardinals first, uh, you know, came to Phoenix, we used to go to every game, not to root for the Cardinals, but to root for the Cowboys. And we'd get crazy, and we'd party, you know, just go down there and party. And, and, and one year, uh, Jesus came into my life, and he began to change my heart and my mind. And the next time I went to a ball game, I remember looking at everybody get crazy. And, and they were just, you know, it was like a worship service. Think about it. They get crazy, and they were just, go, 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 team. And, they, and, and, and if, if you guys were to cheer Jesus on the way that some of the Cardinals fans cheer the Cardinals on... It'd be pretty awesome. And they just got crazy. And I, I remember thinking, Lord, why can't I give you that praise that we're giving them? 
And so we make idols. We make, we make uh, 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 in the world, we, we make uh, statues out of greatness. In the, in the days of Jesus, there was emperor worship. They had the Caesars. They had Julius Caesar, Tiberius, Nero, Claudius. And, and, and they would erect statues of them and they demanded worship. And things really don't change even in modern times. We, we, can, we can idolize things. And, and even for ourselves, we, we, we demand to be served because we think we deserve it. But the greatness of God, but the greatness of God is always different than the greatness of the world. And we even do this in religion. That's why we don't, we're not religious. We have a relationship with our Father through Jesus. And in religion, here's what happens is that if, if you look at the, at the outward of people, you say, man, they're so good. They're, you know, this, this person, you know, Pastor Mike, he's a saint. Look at the way that he acts. But Pastor James, he needs a lot of work. <laughs> so we're going to canonize Pastor Mike. You know, we're going to make him a saint. But because James doesn't, hasn't done enough good work, you know, we're going we're to wait on that. And, 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 and there's, there's, there's a religion that, that says that if, you, if, you be, if you're good enough, then you're going to uh, appropriate this goodness and people are going to look to you because maybe you can be the mediator for, for them and God. And so they live this life and, and it's all about you being good. But the Bible says that there's one mediator between God and man, and that's a man, Christ Jesus. And that every person that follows Jesus is a is a saint. He's a holy one, not because of what we've done, but because of what he did for us. And so greatness is determined by what Jesus did, and the greatness of Christ is that he humbled himself and became like us, and he served people. And, and, and there was, there's a time in, in the Gospels where, where they came, and John the Baptist was, he was esteemed as a very great man. And Jesus esteemed him as being uh, an amazing man. But, but they came to, to, uh, to, to Jesus and, and they were you know, talking about John the Baptist. And, and, and Jesus said this in Matthew 11, verse 11. He says, truly I tell you, among those that are born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. So Jesus was saying, he's a, he, he's a, it's hard to say this in church, but he's the goat. He's the greatest of all times. Jesus said that, but then look at what he says. There is is not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist, yet whoever is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. You see how God measures things? And it helps us to understand that it's important for us to serve. Here's serving point number two. If you want to be great in God's assessment, you must be willing to serve. Jesus said this. These are not my words. These are the words of Christ. Jesus said, instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. He's telling Peter, James, John, Bartholomew, Thomas, all of these disciples that are arguing amongst each other. Who is the greatest? He's saying, if you want to be great You have to serve, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave. And what I've come to to realize in this world is God is always providing opportunities for us to serve. 
He's always providing opportunities for us to serve. And you know what God really looks at? When we serve without wanting the accolades. When I go before the Father, I have to check myself. Lord, am I doing something so they can toot my horn, so that they can say this or that? Lord, let me check myself. Let me serve those things where, where nobody is seen but you're seen. And that's exactly what God wants to, wants to stir in your heart and stir in your mind. He wants for you to do the things that he has seen so you're making a difference in people's lives. Uh, uh, Mark Wahlberg, the great actor, uh, recently came to faith. And, and, and this is what Mark Wahlberg said. He said, I pray, I pray that I will be a good servant to God. A father, a husband, a son, a friend, a brother, an uncle, a good neighbor, a good leader to those who look up to me, a good follower to those, and I love what he said, serving God and doing the right thing. Mark Wahlberg is saying, I want to serve God and I want to serve people. What's crazy is that when, when God gives a shout out to, to people in the, in, in the Bible, he always talks to them as my servants. My, those who serve my purposes, those who do things for me. In fact, as the devil came up into the heavenly courts, uh, Satan came into the gathering of God's uh, angelic beings, and, and Satan's there, and, 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 and this is what God said to Satan. The Lord said this to Satan. Have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. God is speaking to the enemy of our souls, and he's saying, look at what Job is doing. He actually serves my purposes, something to the enemy, something you are willing or not willing to do. Joshua, as he's getting ready to, to lead the children of Israel, the Lord said to, to Joshua, the son of Nun, he said, uh, Moses, my servant, is dead. Notice, when, when God is, is speaking about someone that's done great things for him, he always says, this person served my purposes. Beloved, you want God to, to, to talk about you and to talk about me? We serve him. We get out of ourselves. We stop trying to be great in our own eyes. We stop trying to be great in other people's eyes. He said, now then you and all these people get ready to cross uh, the Jordan River into the land that I'm about to give them to all the Israelites. God was speaking to Joshua and saying, Moses served me and my purposes. And Joshua, I want you to do the same. He said, Joshua, I want you to serve me in the same way that Moses did. And God is speaking to every one of us. And he's saying, I want you to serve in the same way that every person in the scriptures who served God and was called great by God did. And if you're looking for serving opportunities, you're in the right place. Every person that's serving, every, every, every person that you don't see that are in the, in the back with the children, that are back there in the nursery with, with the babies, with the infants, with, with, with the, the tots, uh, second service, there'll be uh, people serving with the student ministry. We might not see, but God does. Those people that, are, that go out in the, in the community and they do the work of God, uh, you know what? You might not see, but God does. We have this grief support group that we just launched um, about a month ago. And there's a person that came uh, to, to the group, and I'm going to have him share his testimony in the next month. 
Uh, God has done such amazing miracles in his life uh, from him being deployed and coming back after serving three terms. And, and uh, he was just, uh, he's an amazing man. This, 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 this guy, there's a movie in him. That's how amazing his story is. And what I have seen is that, that he is seeing the power of God work in his life, and it's because people are serving him, and he's seeing the difference. He said, I've tried every, psycholo- every psychiatrist, every psychologist, uh, everything that, that, that the world has provided, and I've never been able to get what I'm getting now because of what Jesus has done. Jesus himself is called the servant. In fact, he's called the servant. Isaiah prophesied about this great servant when he said, yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. And that's talking about Jesus. He has put uh, him to grief when his soul makes an offering for guilt, which he was going to die on the cross. He shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous. Notice that, that we get our, our holiness from the righteous one, which is the servant, Jesus Christ. And he shall bear their iniquities. See, Jesus put his servant into action. And he's calling us to do the same thing. Jesus teaches us what what greatness is in God's economy. Peter said this in the New Testament about Jesus. He said in Acts uh, uh, chapter 3, verse 26, God having raised up his servant, which is Jesus, sent him to you first, to the Jews, to bless you by turning every one of you from your wickedness. And it's through the, the servant and his work that he comes into our lives and he changes us from the inside out. And when he does, beloved, we begin to serve others. There's never a follower of Christ that's ever connected to his purposes that will say, I don't want to serve. I want to be served. Every child of God who's walking in the purposes of God will say, how can I help make the world a better place? How can I help make the church a better place? How can I help make my families a better place? The families that, 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 that stay together, the families that, that go through the most difficult of times, they serve each other through the most difficult of times. Shauna and I, we, we celebrated this, this past Friday, we celebrated 33 years of marriage. I think that's awesome. Many of you don't know this, but of all my friends, we were the least likely to succeed. <laughs> True. And God had mercy. And the first six years of our marriage were hell. You know why? Because I made life about myself until Jesus came into my life and I started making life about him. And when Jesus became my, my all, Shauna became my all. And when Jesus became my all, my kids became my all. And when, when Jesus became my all, other people and their interests became my all. Because we take, a, we take a, 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 a second seat to what's really important, and what's really important is God. And so maybe God, God brought you here today just for you to hear, it's time for you to take the second chair in your life and give God the first and let him begin to work in your life. Let him begin to, to permeate your heart 
where you begin to serve others. And when you do, it's going to change. Not only is it going to change you, it's going to change them. It'll change everything that's going on. Paul said this. He wrote to the, the, the church in Rome, and he said, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus. And I've, ca- I've been called to be an apostle, and I've been set apart for the gospel of God. So he, he, his, his, first, uh, his, his first premise is, I'm a servant of, of Christ Jesus. Now look at what he says to Titus when he writes to Titus. Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ. So he said, I'm a servant of Christ Jesus. I'm a servant of God the Father and an apostle of Jesus Christ to further the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth that leads to godliness. And Paul understood this, that people are not going to walk in the holiness of God, in the righteousness of God, if you don't serve them. Because we're the greatest example. We have 11 elders that, that serve here at Living Word Chapel, Oracle and Kearney at both campuses, three in Kearney and, and the rest here. And every one of us, we should be leading by serving you guys. Amen? As Jesus served us, he's a great servant, but we should be also leading in that, in that, uh, in that capacity. And, and what I want you to, to grab a hold of, beloved, is this is not a, 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 a guilt trip. I don't want you to feel guilty because that's not the way Jesus operates. He wants you to operate at your, at your best but you'll never be at your best if you're number one in your life. You'll be, in your, you'll be operating at your best if God is. And you put other people first. Notice what, what it says about when, when those servants that are uh, serving the purposes of God, when they, when they go before the master, this is what it says in, in Matthew 25, verse 23. It says, he will tell them, well done, good and faithful servant. That's how important serving is to every one of us. And then point number three is going to be the same point I made last week because it's the same message for all of us. Point number three is that Jesus is our example. He's our example. He's the greatest of all times. He's our example in everyday life. He's our example in every season that we're going through. He said, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and not only to to serve, but to give his life as a ransom for many. He said, I'm willing to die for, for, for you to be better. And in Ephesians 5, Paul gives a remedy for for a good marriage. He says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Sean and I were talking as we celebrated our anniversary, and we were just talking about how much we love each other more today than we did when we first started our marriage, and that's because of God. And can I tell you why? Because we give our lives for each other. We trust God in each other. And that's what God wants for every one of us, for us to give ourselves up for others. It'll change your life. Jesus is our example. Jesus invested his life into serving the lives of all who came his way. And Jesus invested his life to save all who would trust in his name. So as I close, I want you to know this, that Jesus was an investor 
He invested in people's lives for his glory, to glorify the Father in the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus was never a consumer. He was not consumed with himself or with his own agenda. He came to serve and to give his life. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask myself a question. What are people going to say about me when I die? Let me change that, that, that question. Let me tweak that question. What are people saying about you now? Do they say that you live for yourself? Do they say, you know what, he's all about himself or she's all about himself, about herself? Or are they saying, you know what, they invest into my life. They make me better. They make me so much better. Are we consumers or are we investors? That's what I want to leave you with. Are you a, an investor? Or you serve and you make your communities better? I, I went to a meeting uh, this past week in San Manuel. I've been in San Manuel for 33 years. Same house. People say, you know what, this town is dying. I said, towns don't die unless we die and we let it die. How can I be a part of the solution, not the problem? So I go and I go into this meeting and I can hear, I can see as, as, as this person's leading this, this meeting, I can, you know, have you ever been the part of a secret? You can just tell that they're talking about you because they're looking at you. That's a, that's a pastor. That's a, that's a pastor from Living Word Chapel. So a lot, of our, a lot of our people represented. Some of you are here. Thank you for being there because it shows that we care. I sat there and I listened. A lot of great ideas. But here's what I know for sure. I don't want to live my life as a consumer. I don't want to consume people's time. I don't want to, for people to, to think that I always want something from them. I want to live my life the way Jesus did. I want to live my life where I pour into other people's lives and they're better off. When I leave, I, I want them to say, man, that was good. It was great that James Reese came around. The school's a better place. The, the, you know, the, the community's a better place. Uh, the cemetery will be a better place because James Reese was around. Why do I say that? Because we're going to clean up the Oracle Cemetery. You know what I mean? Because we're going to be laid to rest or somebody's laid to rest. And we want for, when people go over there and say, this is, this, is not, this is not bad. Especially if you're in Jesus. Amen. We're all headed that way, beloved. But we're going to do all kinds of work all over the place. Catalina, we're going to do some work at a park. We're, gonna, you know, we're, we're looking for places that we can make a difference. Eagle Crest. The Kearney, we're going we're gonna to clean up the, the entryway at Kearney where, when you go on Highway 177. So when people pass by there, they're going to say, man, Living Word Chapel was here. Look how nice and clean it is. Look how beautiful it is. So, beloved, let me just close by saying this. Let's be investors. Let's be investors. Let's not be consumers. Some of you guys, I, I'm just panning the audience. Some of you guys are, 
coaches, your athletic directors, you're, 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 you're vested in the community. Let me tell you, you're making a big difference for God. Every person, you're making a big difference for Jesus. Let's keep doing it for the glory of God. Amen? Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for uh, showing us the path to true greatness. You've revealed through the life and the words of Jesus that serving others will make us great in your eyes, and that's what matters. So today I'm making a choice to follow your lead in serving those around me. Help me to discern the doors which you open for me to serve people in a way that honors you and blesses others. We pray this together in the name of Jesus Christ and everyone said amen and amen. Let's, let's stand up and worship our King. And as we do... This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.